If you've ever been baptized or rebaptized, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Everything but the floor of your walk has come loose. Your friends are here. Your family members are here. And you're going through what you've been going through. This is baptism Sabbath. Your heart has been warmed because God has communicated to you that you are now ready to now take a physical stance before the public to show why your relationship with Jesus is so important. I would like to put a tag on this message this morning entitled True Baptism. True Baptism. Paul writes this letter in the book of Romans. As we look at this, he's the writer at this time. It's written in the spring of A.D. 56. He's writing it to a Gentile audience from Corinth. Because these individuals had some issues. They had some what, everybody? They had some issues. And the main reason that uh, he had the problem with these folks, not that he had the problem, but they had a problem in understanding salvation. Paul reckoned with the people because they had issues in grasping the concept of being saved. Well, what are you talking about, Pastor? Because we, we'll say, we, we carry the tag, and some of us are guilty of it. Well, I've been saved for the last 20 years. You heard that? Well, I remember when I got saved in such and such church organization, yeah. But when you were saved, watch this, I'm about to talk to you from Bible study. When you got saved, did you not think about something wrong later on? You just lost that connection when you do that. You got to ask God for forgiveness to get back on track. Did you know that? Because it is not a once saved, always saved. Because if that be the case, what reason would we need for Jesus to return? Are you listening to me today, brothers and sisters? But before we get into all that, before we get to talk about all that, there are some crucial lessons that we have to look at uh, here before uh, as we see how these people were dealing with their personal walk leading up to baptism. And one of the issues, one of the issues that they had to deal with right here, and it's in the text, you can read the before text and chapters in, in the book of Romans. One of the issues that they had, they thought they could be good Christians on account of what they do. Did you hear me, Metanatha? We think that we're okay because of what we do. Let me give you some illustration because y'all quiet because I got to let this simmer like good gravy. Just because you come to church don't make that that you all right for heaven yet. All right. Because you got some devils that sit up in church. Thank you. That make, that make, that make the process of salvation difficult because they sit in there as if they're not happy. I'm sorry, I used the wrong word. If they don't have joy. Because happiness can come because the wind blowing real good. Happiness can come because you got the check in the mail today. Happiness can come because y'all not fighting in the house before you got to church. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Happiness can, yeah, that can be happening, but you got to learn how to have joy in your life. Sometimes we operate on the wrong side of joy, and we come to church in a funk. And spiritual people, not religious folk, Spiritual people see right through you. Are we talking today? Well, let me go on because you got to understand what it means here. We're justified because of what Jesus has done, not because of what we've done. Did you catch that or did you miss it? 
Let's go to Romans 3, verse 23 through 25, because I do, I do believe that we need a better understanding of this. What do you say, everybody? We're justified because of what Jesus has done, not because of what we have done. Because it's in the text, verse 23, what does it say, everybody? Stop right there. It didn't say y'all have sinned. <laughs> it says for all have sinned and done what, everybody? Come short of the glory of God, verse 24, being justified, uh, how? Freely by his grace. Whose grace? By God's grace, not our own. We have nothing to bring or to merit us any good to the Lord. I don't care how spotless your life may seem to us in here. I don't care how spotless it may seem to the community. Honey, it's by the grace of God that you are still living in this building today. Somebody ought to say amen. It's hard for us because we haven't heard a gospel like this in a while. Honey, this is Paul talking. Let me go on with the rest of the text because he says being justified freely by his what, everybody? Through the redemption that is in whom, everybody? Christ Jesus. Here it comes. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. The word propitiation means sacrifice. Your sacrifice ain't great enough to atone for your own sins. That's why the merits of Jesus is more important before the Father than your own. Are you getting this? Yeah, yeah, this is Bible study one-on-one. This stuff that you should have gotten that you already have gotten. This is stuff that you learned before you even come to this right here. Are you listening to me, Mary or not? The rest of the text goes on to say, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his what? His blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past. The only way that your sins can be forgiven has to be through the blood of Jesus. Are we on the same page together, everybody? Because you can't atone for your own sins, especially when you have people fishing for your sins after you have asked God for yourself for forgiveness of those sins. You have people that are perfect fishermen on, in church because they're fishing for the stuff that you did years ago that God has already forgiven years ago. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. Folk want to always remember what you did in the past, but they have amnesia for what they just did 20 minutes ago. I'm trying to get some blood-washed believers to believe with me today because you've got to be in the mindset that I'm going to do what God's going to do regardless of what people go fishing in my past for. Amen. Well, what does that mean to a new believer or to those who are the household of faith? Romans 1.17. What does that mean to you and I? The Bible plainly tells us, am I right, Elder Jackson? He says, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from how, everybody? From faith to faith. And then Paul says, as it is written, that the just shall live by faith. And brothers and sisters, this is justification. Well, what does it mean? Justification simply means, in a plainer sense, you are justified before you qualify. You have been accepted already before you became acceptable. Mm -hmm. See, that's, that's good gospel right there. That's E.E. E. Cleveland gospel. Because you are already justified before you were qualified to accept Christ's sacrifice on the cross. Well, I was, I was, well, I was sinking deep in sin, but God said, I already, yeah, yeah, you in the plane, you were created in goodness already because you were created in whose image? In God's, that's why the devil hates you because you look like God. And you can do things that the devil can't do. Somebody ought to say amen right there. 
The second issue that the people had, the second issue that the people had before we even get started talking about that, is that they had an issue with Christ's um, his existence opposed to Adam. Now, now they had a, they had an issue with that. You got to go Romans 5 and 19 through 21 because they were trying to figure out well what was the difference between Adam and what he did opposed to what Christ and what he did. The Bible tells us verse 19. Are you there, everybody? It says, for as one man's disobedience, whose disobedience? Adam's. Adam was responsible for all this. Well, now it was Eve. No, Adam agreed and he signed his authorization that that's what he did. How do we know that? There was no pens. There was no pencil. He went hiding. They were the only two on the planet. What need does Adam need to hide for if he was seeing God every day? Amen. Text goes on to say, I'm not going to keep you long, for as by one man's disobedience, talking about Adam, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one, whose obedience? Jesus. Shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered. That's why you got the law today. Hello, somebody. Uh, this is real. Yeah, this is real because y'all getting this. I see it all in your face. I ain't got my glasses on, but I see it. Because you need the law. You need to know that there's only one God that we serve. Yeah. Hello, somebody. And he put the law together for us as a God to look at, oh, I, I, I shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. Change your thinking when you think about the law. So when you talk about you shouldn't be coveted, you shouldn't want what somebody else wants because you don't know what it took to get what they got. They probably got it because some family member passed away. You don't want yours like that. God says he got a better way for you to get it. Pay attention. The problem is we're selfish by nature. And God said I had to put the law there so you would understand. I know you've been in prison and you've been in slavery for 400 years, but I'm bringing you out of slavery. Don't you ever have no other God before me. Yes. 40 years and your clothes don't get old. 40 years and your shoes don't wear out. You had food to eat that I just rained down from heaven. And all you have to do is speak to a rock and it'll give you water. You got air conditioning during the daytime. You got heat from a furnace during the night that you don't have to add nothing to. You don't have to have no bill to pay while you're in the wilderness for 40 years. Would you dare have another God before him? You needed the law as a guide. And when we think about the rest of this text, I'm in verse 20, more of the law entered, that the offense might abound. So now you recognize what you do wrong when you look at the L-A-W. Oh, I committed adultery. Oh, I stole. Oh, yeah, you did steal when you did what you did with your taxes before you even returned your tithe and offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll get by, but you show enough, won't get away. So the law reminds us how we ought to walk with Jesus. Let me tell you something else about the law. The Bible tells us, Jesus said, he said, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor how? As you love yourself. He said, hang all the rest of the law and the prophets on these. Brothers and sisters, let me give you something that, that you can walk with today. When you kept the two, you kept the ten. Amen. Because the ten is outlined, especially when you get to remembering the Sabbath. 
The Sabbath is outlined all through Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. The problem is people get confused on what day it is. God ain't confused. He knows exactly what day it is. And you should not be because he made you in his image. And you've been to school. you got common sense when you choose to use it. you got common sense to know the difference of the day. You, you know your left from your right, don't you? Especially when you drive it in your car. When you're going to wherever you're going to the daiquiri shop, wherever you choose to go, whatever you choose to smoke, drink, snort, you know exactly the difference in common sense. Why it is we get ignorant and, and, and absence of, of knowledge when it comes to a plain seventh day resting. I don't know. I'm not talking about us. I'm just talking to us because we need to understand the rest of this text. Verse 20 goes on to say, Romans 5, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Watch this. But where sin abounded, huh, grace did much more. Did what about it? That as sin had reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, brothers and sisters, not only through justification, but this is sanctification as well. Well, how is that? Because sanctification, get this, sanctification is the work of justification that the lifetime experience of Christ working in you, the hope of glory. We know about some other books that we read. Sanctification is the work of a lifetime. So you can't get up in the morning and think everything's all right by the time you get to work and everything is okay, but your supervisor came in there and added on to your responsibility. And you just got an attitude right there. And you think God don't see that. You need to ask for forgiveness for that. But that's something simple. But yeah, don't you know known sin is iniquity? Did you know that? You can't carry that stuff to glory with you. Because it won't fit through the gates. Matter of fact, it won't even get off the ground. I know I'm preaching to somebody today. You've been listening to the Restoring Faith broadcast with Dr. Christopher Manuel. I pray that today's message made your trouble smaller, your hope greater, and your faith restored. You're invited to join me every first and third Saturday for divine worship service at 10 a.m. and on Tuesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. at the Maranatha Seventh-day Adventist Church located on 4517 South MacArthur Drive in Alexandria and at the Smyrna Seventh-day Adventist Church on every second and fourth Saturday for divine worship service at 11 a.m. and Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. located on 916 Richmond Drive in Alexandria. Beloved, your gifts and love offerings can help keep this ministry on air. Send your correspondence to P.O. Box 3131, Pineville, Louisiana, 71361. And join us on every Tuesday and Thursday from 10 a.m. to 1015 a.m. on KAYT for the Restoring Faith broadcast. Be blessed. The Wade Hampton Show will be right back. Serene Steps Therapy Center is a counseling organization providing services for substance abuse, anger management, trauma therapy, 